0: Welcome to Fire and Security Chat, brought to you by Corson Fire and Security, where we talk about the technology and equipment used to protect and secure life and property. On today's episode, we pick up where we left off uh, part one of how much does a uh, fire suppression system cost? This is part two of the interview with Chris White. Let's jump right into it.
1: When you have them in your uh, home, you you want you know usually when something's bad you're probably asleep right so you want those things to activate um, pretty quick um, whereas with the uh, with the systems there's an actual system control panel you've got your smoke detector um, so it takes it doesn't take a lot. But just go walking in and smoking a cigarette or lighting a match, you could eventually set them off, but it's going to take a little bit to actually get them to, to be set off. Now, one of the other things to think about is your smoke detection um, has come a long way in the technology, especially with the addressable um Addressable systems Mm -hmm. where they're constantly, you know, um, adapting to their into their environment and some of the other things that we can now do with addressable or some people like to call smart systems. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, they're still passive. We still have to get that combustion Mm -hmm. to finally enter into the chamber of that smoke detector. Um, There's another detection unit out there. It's called air sampling. So air sampling is a more aggressive. It's constantly, it's got an aspirator in it. So it's constantly running. It's constantly sucking in the air. It's constantly sampling the air of that enclosure. And to the point where there have actually been some coal mines, they don't use it for fire protection, but they have taken these air sampling systems and put them in there for more for health and air quality. And so if they start acting up, That's telling the workers, hey, we need to, you know, get our people out of there or whatever, because there's something potentially going on. With air sampling, we can, um, with clean agents, we can have it where it reaches a certain level. It may send um, some kind of special supervisory. So so for somebody to go and actually investigate, you know, really kind of what's going on. There's different stages that we can set them, and there's various different stages. uh, model numbers depending on the size of the room, you know what you're wanting to do. Um, I mean, you can you can even network them um, to where they're all communicating, kind of on the same on the same network. I mean, it can get pretty elaborate, but um, there's different forms of of detection to be able to to pick up the incipient and kind of give you a story. Many years ago, when I was a tech. Um, I get the proverbial phone call like at 11 o'clock in the, in the evening and customer called and they're not real happy. Their Novak 1230 system had actually discharged. And so um, I get there to kind of start going through the system and I'm going through the history of the releasing control panel and I looked at the the manager and I said, you've had a true fire event. No, we didn't. This falsely discharged. I knew we should have never put this system in. I'm telling you, by the history and the location of the smokes, I'm telling you, you had a fire event and the system did exactly the way it was designed. And so he still wanted to argue the point. Um, and so, you know, really chomping on me, you know, I called for backup to help me, you know, get our steak bed so they could help me get the cylinders loaded up so we could start the service process the Mm -hmm. next morning and so we get the cylinders all serviced um and i'm back putting the cylinders and here he comes I'm thinking great he wants to chew me up now down the other side and he goes i need to apologize to you i was like for what he goes you're right we did have a fire event so so part of me wanted to say i told you so <laughs> but however, their process worked. When they flipped over to the backup or whatever, certain things weren't coming up. And what the actual fire event was was a server down in the bottom of the or this blade server or whatever on the bottom of the server rack on the on the backup system actually is what caused. The fire event. And so he he brought out the server and showed me and you could see where it was actually scorched Mm -hmm. um, where a component or whatever started to fail. And the combustion, you know, got into the two smoke detectors, started the countdown, discharged and the system did exactly what it was. It was designed. So, um, you know, so you said
0: countdown. Yeah. When it, the smoke detector picks up the smoke and the s- alarms come on, mm-hmm. there's a, obviously there's a delay
1: mm-hmm. between. Okay. Yeah, so most of the times with clean agents, when you're looking at like telecommunications server rooms or like some kind of tape vault or storage vault, um, those type of things, we're going to have two smoke detectors. It's going to take two smoke detectors to start the countdown. It's called a cross zone. Okay, so you could have something. Um, that cause that first smoke detector to activate and it's just going to get really annoying because you maybe have a horn strobe or a bell going ring and ding and dingy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, doesn't mean it's going to discharge. That second smoke detector activates. Um, generally most of the time, the time delay that's always selected is 30 seconds. Um, but that may not always be the right time delay. That time delay is there, even though at the design concentrations, um, Based on the testing at the NFPA and all that, and they have it listed in the, in the standard, the design concentrations for most of those applications are safe for occupied spaces. They still want you to evacuate because you have to think about if there's loose stuff flying around and the like, that actually can be more cumbersome than um, being in a discharge with a clean agent anyway. So let's say that second smoke detector activates. It starts down and countdown from 30 seconds. If nothing is done at zero, the system is discharging. There are some other devices that can um, that are there, and unfortunately, people do use them as to verify if they really want the system to dump, and it's called an abort switch. The abort switch is only there to absolutely ensure if anybody's in the enclosure that they can safely evacuate um, and allow you to evacuate once you let the abort station go to be able to get out of that enclosure, get the door shut or whatever the you know case may be. So you got the enclosure integrity back where it needs to be. And then the system discharges. Okay. Um, they're still going to have manual releases. So your manual releases are going to be normally. Um, so let's say we, in this room that we're in right now, you're on one end and you can't really see it. And I'm on the other end. All of a sudden I start seeing smoke, right? And I panic. I go and hit that pull station. Um, older systems, there was no delay. And so was it was kind of a, I mean, you get smarter. We've gotten smarter in the industry, Um you know, if you think about it, you're, you've activated that pull station, now you're opening the door. That's opening of gas potentially leaving that could affect the design concentration of poor Aaron in the other corner of the rooms thinking what the heck's going on, right? Now we can program time delays even into the aborts, which is really, really smart um, because it gives you time to be able to get everybody out of there and – You know, get out of the room itself. Um, But generally speaking, most of the time in like server data, computer rooms, telecommunications, you're going to see some kind of, it's going to be two smoke detection, start a time delay. Um, Most everybody always selects 30 seconds. And generally speaking, most of the time, that's probably okay. But there are times when um, it may need to be 45 seconds. Um, because you want the, you can't have that time to like exceed 60 seconds, okay. but we don't. But if for some reason you're in the back corner of this room that we're in right now and even you just walking a normal pace, the best that you could get to the doors is 38 seconds. Yep. 30 seconds is probably not the right time delay. It yeah. may need to be like 45 seconds. Um, so those are some of the things that we should be checking. So it's like getting everybody safely out yeah. and the door yep. closed. Yep, that's exactly right. Yep. That's exactly what we're wanting to do. Um, so part of the inspection process, those are some of the things that we kind of want to, Pay attention to, and if we see or a potential problem with that, then we may bring that up to the customer. At the end of the day, it's the customer' system, so it's really up to them to decide how they want to address it. Um, but it is something that we should be paying attention to while we're performing the service on the systems. Okay,
0: now to the uh, the most popular question, <laughs> and uh, um, is how much does a clean agent system cost? It depends. How's that? Is that the answer?
1: That's the answer. No. No, I really, I can't really put a dollar amount on it because if I say, you know, it's between this dollar amount and this dollar amount, and then all of a sudden we get called out to a customer and we go through the process and give them a price and they've listened to this podcast some people are going to want to hang on to those dollar amounts. And so visually you know, mentally, they think that's what it's always going to be mm-hmm. when the reality of it is, yeah, the cost needs to be needs to be in the factor okay, of the actual system. But but I'd also challenge to say, can you really put a cost for an example, if you're wanting to protect a server room, can you really put a cost on the lost data if you have a fire event? Or a ignition source, and you've lost that data. Can you really put a dollar amount on? And most people will have absolutely no idea. Sure, you can put a dollar amount on the equipment that was potentially damaged, or you know, even if it's one little, you know, server or telecom block or whatever, right? Yeah, you can look at the cost to repair it, the cost at um, you know production loss because some of these server rooms now. You know, when you go into these manufacturing industrial locations, you go to these server rooms, and the server rooms aren't all that big, mainly because the servers have gotten smaller. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of people don't understand is that's the heart and the soul of the entire operation. And if that goes down, then that means the production lines out in the plant can't operate. So, yes, you can put dollar amounts on that labor loss and the loss of product being made you know and and the like, but can you really put a the the other question I like to challenge people with can you actually put a dollar amount on the negativity, especially in today's um you know social media? Right. Um, The way um, and not to not to get off on tangent or whatever, but the potential of the negativity from social social media right now, you know, and the way sometimes the news. um, And again, I'm not trying to get all political or anything like that, but sometimes, you know, the news media or whatever will sensationalize stories. And then we find out later that, you know, what they reported wasn't 100% true or whatever. But that negativity, that impact can have a huge, uh, I mean, and a lot of times you can't put a dollar amount on that. So you have to look at it as, again, right back to the return on my investment. So if, um, so if for example, we have... A million dollars worth of servers here, and we're making a million dollars a day with making our widgets. Okay. And it costs. $30,000 $30,000 or whatever, put a clean agent system in. Oh, so
0: you do have a price. Well, no, I'm just
1: using, <laughs> I'm just using it as an example to get people to understand yep, that, yep, yep. you know, that that's a drop of the bucket in the grand scheme of things. Yep. The other thing to really look at is don't be afraid to challenge the service company. And if they come in for an example, you're wanting a clean agent fire suppression system, and they come in they give you one price for one particular agent. Don't hesitate to ask them, do you have other options? Some of them may not be able to give you another option. The other thing that you may want to look at is... And it goes back to enclosure integrity, right? So, you've got Novac twelve thirty. The enclosure's got to be pretty tight with Novac twelve thirty, just because of the the nature of the agent FM two hundred still got to be tight, but not as tight as for Novac twelve thirty. Inert gas systems, you don't have to necessarily be as tight because of the because of the pressure and and the the interact. You know the the way it is to air and, yeah. and compared to the chemical agents. So. If, for an example, you know, we come in and we give you, you know, give you three different prices, normally the inert gas system is going to be more expensive. And that's because of the the equipment. It's going to take more, generally take more cylinders and the piping and, and, and the like, but if it's going to cost you, you know, let's say the inert gas system is a thousand, the FM 200 was eight hundred dollars, and the NOVAC was five hundred. Mm-hmm. There's no way in here that would ever be that cheap. I'm just, you know, but it's going to take you, you know, for the inert gas system, it's going to take you two hundred dollars to seal the room up, mm-hmm. it's going to take you six hundred dollars for FM 200, or it's going to take you a thousand for the Novac the grand scheme of thing, it actually is more cost effective for you to potentially look at the inert gas system. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm not, again, I'm not really trying to sidestep that question um, because there's so many different variables and that, and again, that's the thing that everybody's always wanting to focus on is the actual cost of the actual system. And don't get me wrong. It's important. I get it. I mean, that's, you know, you've got to know what that variable is, but, but stop and take a step back and think about uh, the other things that come into play with those, you know, with those suppression systems. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask the service company, well, we want you to come in and do an enclosure integrity test first, um, and tell us for each of the agents, we think the enclosure integrity is going to be because then we can ahead of time start having those conversations of things that they may need to may need to think about you know ceiling wise or fire rated dampers or door sweeps on the doors and all those things that kind of go into play with the enclosure integrity you can start kind of being prepared for that um you know Well, okay, this is
0: the last question. You've kind of gotten into it a little bit, is in order to find out how much does a system cost, what are the steps
1: in having a fire suppression system installed? So you make the phone call to Corson. Um, We will get one of our engineered salespeople out there. They're going to want to measure out the room because we need to know what the cubic volume is. Um, And then they are going to ask them, Questions that you may not know the answer to, right? Where's the air conditioning unit? Is the air conditioning unit a supply return? Is it self contained? If it's supply and return, no questions. You're going to have to shut down that air handler unit and you're going to have to put in some fire rated dampers in the ductwork. End of discussion. With self contained, depending on the location of the unit, it still may that still may need to shut down and fire rated you know fire dampered off if it's in the room may not need to shut down at all okay we're also going to want to know exactly what's being protected um and then they're going to provide you a price on fm200 novac and inert gas system here you go here's you know here's the cost Here's some other things. And they're also going to want to know um, why they're on site location of the cylinders. So because inert gas systems have higher pressures, they can actually be stored further away. So they don't have to actually be inside the room. Okay. So we could actually have, you know, inert gas system, these actual cylinders may be, 200 feet down the hallway in a mechanical room now it's going to cost more because of all the piping to get into the server room so you're not taking up that valuable space inside that server room right with chemical agents they got to be fairly relatively close to the room so there's going to be some discussions as far as where the control panel can be located at, um, where the cylinders can be located at, and then once once it's accepted, once the proposal is accepted, we'll get the equipment on order, and then somebody will be in touch and say this is when we, you know, plan on starting. So they'll go through the process of installing the, um, you know, the system, hanging the the detection and control, the smoke detectors on the ceiling all those things, putting in the pipings, adequately supporting, properly supporting the piping, putting in the nozzle and the like. It's not that clear cut because sometimes we may go into a room and without knowing, um, we may end up finding that there's some duct work in the way. And so we may have to repipe that can sometimes um, prolong the installation because then if we're adding more piping, depending on the agent, we may have to recalc the system, make sure we've got enough agent you know, nozzle codes correct and those type of things, again, to make sure that we're flowing the agent properly. And then once it's all said and done, then we will pressure test the piping um, and then we'll go through and absolutely test absolutely everything. Um, run the system through its entire paces, obviously without discharging the agent. Okay. Um, and then once all that's done, provide documentation that's ever been, everything has been been tested um and then what should happen is as we're going through the process we've got drawings to go the installers have drawings to go off they should be really marking them up um as if they've had to make any changes or whatever finally give them to our um cad people to recalc everything and at some point in time we really should be providing drawing and flow calculations to the customer. Um, and then, generally speaking, what should happen is the service company or somebody from the um, sales side should be in touch about picking that up on a service contract and then start having them tested every six months.
0: Every six months. Mm-hmm.
1: Every six months.
0: Now, when the fire marshals or whatever come by to make sure that your extinguishers and your fire sprinkler systems yeah. have been inspected. Uh, is the so as the clean agent systems are they if you have one installed it is required to have it inspected.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, once it's installed, you have got to have it properly maintained. Okay. One of the other things I kind of forgot about the whole uh, installation process is um, if the customer requests it, we'll and I mentioned it earlier we'll do an enclosure integrity test ahead of time, but one of the things that we do, no matter what, is on every install, we perform an enclosure integrity test on every single system, and then we provide that documentation to the customer, good or bad, Um, and if the customer is really proactive and wanting to do other things, we may come back later and do another enclosure integrity test until they, you know, are satisfied, the the authority having jurisdiction is satisfied, whatever the case may be. Um, But we also do um, an enclosure integrity test on every new install for a clean agent system.
0: Okay. So if the enclosure integrity fails, then we would have to, it would have to be, Improved before before yeah. we would ever...
1: Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, enclosure integrity is going to be the responsible of the owner. Okay. Um, now, if we come in and for some reason we have to, you know, drill a hole, th- hole like through a firewall to run our piping or whatever, now it's our responsibility to make sure we get that sealed back up to whatever that rating is for that firewall. But as far as the general room itself, if it's, you know... Um, Not all that good, uh, or there's things that they need to do. um, It's really going to be up to the owner of that business to make sure that 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 takes, you know, that 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 gets fixed. Um, That's not going to be on us.
0: And you talked about the HVAC system at the beginning, at the beginning, and about having uh, dampers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Close off. And that has all. To do
1: with the closure integrity. Yeah, because, yeah, for some reason, let's hypothetically say we had a air conditioning unit that was supply and return. And um, so it was providing air conditioning and air to the, let's say for this example, the server room, but it was also providing air to another office area. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, it couldn't shut down and be dampered off. Then, technically, in the design, we need to compensate for all that additional volume from the air handler unit and the duct work. And now, technically, we need to add that office area to the entire volume. Okay. It can get pretty pricey. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the grand scheme of things, it is much simpler and much cheaper to shut that unit down and fire damper it off right at that server room because then we don't have to worry about that rest of that volume. Okay. That explains it. Yeah. All right. And
0: uh, so if anybody is interested in a clean agent system, they can contact their probably local Corson yep. branch and yep. um, you guys can you know, follow up with that. Yep. for sure. everybody listen. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, that ends this episode uh, um, for the Corson Fire and Security podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Th- yep. Thanks, Aaron. All right. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Corson Fire and Security Chat. Today's music was brought to you by Cape West and Twisterium from Pixabay. To learn more about our products and services, visit corson.com.